0: Welcome to the Culture of Safety podcast. How's it going, Matt? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's another beautiful day. Um, You know, keeping up with this whole intro to safety, uh, entry-level safety people, you know, we actually have two students with us who are actively going through the process of becoming um, safety professionals and we have Catherine and Karen on, on the podcast today, and we're going to be talking about, you know, their experiences and, and what they seek to, to grow within this, this culture. So um, I think I'll start with you, Catherine, you know, to tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you became interested in safety.
1: Um, I kind of found my way to safety. I started off as wanting to become a physical therapist. Um, Didn't, have the time because i had a family yeah i understand Uh, that so then i i transferred over to forestry because i'm a huge person i love plants love outdoors love all that great stuff and um so when i transferred over to forestry i still need a bs Mm -hmm. i didn't have an opportunity here in bakersfield to get a bs but um The person who's in charge of the ERM program at CSUB came by and and talks to the forestry uh, classes to try and recruit people for ERM because it is one of the tracks you could go down. Um, So that's when I went. I decided, okay, I'll go and I'll take uh, the forestry track and then I'll do the safety stuff as an extra because I was always told by my grandmother, always have a second Always have your always have a minor, and a, a major. Yeah. So I went okay. I'll do safety because I could have gotten out of a CSUB a lot faster if I just kept with my forestry AS. So that's how I found safety.
2: Awesome. Uh, yeah. What What about you, Karen?
3: Okay. Awesome. Um. You know, hearing hearing Catherine, it just reminds me of how different. Everyone's background can be. Um, I was oh, okay. originally working at State Farm's corporate office as a claims processor for the centralized total loss unit. So um, I was surrounded around total loss <laughs> uh, accidents. I mean, uh, vicious, just uh, uh, very gruesome at times, but vehicles that were totaled. And so for me, um, safety was just ingrained right from the get-go with that experience I had with State Farm, just knowing that sometimes you can be the safest driver out there, but it's not necessarily just you, right? It, it's it's other people on the road and, you know, it's the unknown, right? And so um, that kind of got me triggered into safety, you know, uh, uh, getting myself uh, that uh, – the fact that I wanted to grow in my awareness and my, in my surroundings, I wanted to be a little safer myself. And so um, that kind of just led me to um, to safety. But um, State Farm was transitioning and uh, I didn't want to end my career there. I knew I, that was in the end for me and uh, I decided to go back well, to awesome. school. And, uh, I uh, think Matt and I really safety. said
0: a lot that, you know, you can be the safest worker or the safest driver on the road, but if somebody else who's reckless comes in and contacts you, and that's how, I know that's how a lot of DUIs happen, but yeah, you make a, a great point with that. So I think that's, that's a, those are both yeah. great, excellent examples of how a lot of people don't look into safety, but they always fall into it.
2: Like, like Matt and I did. That was, that was exactly what I was going to say. That's what I think is so cool about safety in general. And like the reason, one of the reasons behind the podcast is that look how different your guys' paths were to safety. One of you was in forestry and the other one was an insurance, an insurance person. Yet both of your, uh, both of your paths led you to a very similar um, career or education and that was all based on safety because safety is so diverse it's yeah it's literally there's, there's in so and, many different things and
0: you can see just just within you know just the four of us we have a diversity of, of knowledge and information and we have you know upfront safety and the back side of safety the insurance side it's yeah it, there's a lot to it and i think a lot of people uh you know and that's one thing matt and i are trying to do is change the face and and get people to know that safety is not just you know just a little niche you know, thing in the corner. There's a lot of different safety that's built in, and that's what I learned over the years. Is that there's safety built into everything. You don't even see it sometimes. A lot, of, a lot of the time.
2: So, mm-hmm. right now, currently, mm-hmm. are you guys? So, mm-hmm. are you guys in? Mm-hmm. Are you guys currently at CSUB, or did some, one of you already graduate? I was a little confused from the email stream.
1: Uh, We're both currently at CSUB as students. Yeah, as as students. Okay. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> when do you guys uh,
2: plan to
0: Karen graduate? has
1: had. Sorry. Sorry.
0: No, you go ahead. Karen has what?
1: Karen has had uh, the ability to have um, internships. I have not.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Have you signed up?
1: I've applied for multiple internships and I've been denied every time. Uh, Okay. Unfortunately,
2: this last year probably hasn't
0: helped that. (laughs) uh, Well, because I I actually uh, signed up for the mentorship through that that college. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you never know. Mm -hmm. We could be uh, paired together and I, like, I, I feel like especially in the business that I work in because I have such a diversity, you know, diverse clientele that I, I think we're probably best suited for that, that position because we can go see mines, right? That's MSHA. We can go see, you know, recycling facilities. We can go see manufacturing, construction sites. You know, I have a lot of – I have a diverse background with the company that I work with. And I, I felt like, you know, that's a great opportunity that I can give somebody who typically what you're going to see is you're going to work with somebody who's only worked in that industry. Oh, I'm going to work in construction or oil and gas, especially here. It's very prevalent. But with the company that I work for, and that's why I signed up as a mentor, is that we can go and, and give these people, oh, wow, I've, I've never seen how you guys manage the risk in different, different scenarios. And working with companies that have safety professionals. And companies that don't have a safety culture whatsoever. So I think that's, that's what's great with the company I work for. And um, I'm actually working on getting us to have an internship within our, within our realm, but it, it takes time. So um, I'm hoping to roll that out next year and being able to you know, local, uh, partner with some of the local colleges and stuff and getting them to us. And we can show them, hey, look at all this cool stuff that we, that we can offer you as far as a company. So, yeah, that's, I think it's really important to have those, those programs into place.
3: Honestly, and uh, just not to cut you off by any means, but we we really appreciate that. Um, we really do appreciate all that initiative, all that effort. Um, because being a student, and and not just a student, but 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 coming around the second time, right? Um, you really take a look at all the resources that the school offers, and there's so many opportunities that, unfortunately, us as students, we miss. Um, maybe because sometimes they can be boring, you know, and just like how we, we, you know, we talked about how your podcast is, 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 is fun, is, is, uh, enticing and it's, it's bringing in, um, more awareness, you know, to, to safety. Um, we really appreciate you guys, you know, making the efforts to, to mentor students, to, try to create programs such as internships, you know, to, uh, help give us that experience. You know, Catherine mentioned that, unfortunately, you know, (laughs) due to a lot of factors this year, hasn't been the best year possibly uh, to give an opportunity right, right? for an internship, right? Like
0: what you you are referencing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Right. I know. I know. I know. Um, but, but we are going to, we are, we are going to work on that, uh, That resume, Catherine, and and just like many others, like, we're going to work on that and we're going to keep applying. Uh, She mentioned that I I had an opportunity to intern. I did, actually, for the last three years. Oh, awesome. I interned for Era Energy uh, local. Uh, oil and gas. I was a health and safety intern for the last three years. And um, unfortunately, uh, but very real, you know, this summer, they pretty much told me that I won't be interning next year, you know? And so I understand it's, you know, everybody's going through, you know, a different path this year. Um, But it's not to it's not to discourage us right uh safety like maybe in your guys's experience you can maybe you guys can elaborate a little bit of on 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 safety and the jobs i know that uh, unfortunately even right now one of the biggest uh, things is job security right going into safety and being a safety student um the job security and seeing what's happening with this year uh could be that a is 100 true
0: um you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there right now for safety positions. And me looking at, you know, some of the numbers, I'm like, Oh, I can, I can see myself working for these larger companies making, you know, significantly more. But again, unfortunately we're, we're located in the oil and gas. If it's an oil and gas facility uh, company, that's something that I have to think about, like, Oh, you know, how well, how long will that position last? And at my experience in hundred in percent honesty and in, in full disclosure I always hear the, the word safety first, and I always made the joke is, yeah, safety first to go when things get bad, because I have seen it to where when you have a downturn in the economy, you're going to see your safety professional either be a forklift driver, laid off, whatever. There, a lot of companies see that as overhead, and and I, that's one thing I've learned is having having those credentials, mm-hmm. having those, those certifications and, and degrees and stuff gives me a, a bigger, broader platform. And it gives me the diversity of being able to apply to a bunch of different jobs other than being pigeonholed into like just oil and gas or just this or just that. Having those you know, certifications behind my name mm-hmm. gets me through a lot more doors in these bad times than it does when it was before. And I just had that experience where I couldn't get the the permanent stationary full-time job because I didn't either have a bachelor's or, or anything. But as soon as I got my CHST, no joke. It was like night and day. I would apply to the jobs and like, oh, hey, you want a job? I mean, and then I, and then it was the ball was in my court. I can pick and choose what I wanted to do if I want to go out of town, if I wanted to stay here. So I think what you what you ladies are doing is, is great. It's great for your future. It gives you a much more stable platform to work from. And then again, you guys will get the opportunity to, to say, you know what? I don't want that job. You'll you'll apply just saying, OK, I'm gonna put my you know, my feelers out there. You'll get the the call back, and then you can the balls in your court. I I don't want that job. Oh, I want this job. This job fits me better. The schedule fits me better here. You know, you guys can weigh the perks, and you guys will. I think you guys you know struggling right now. You guys will appreciate that more down the road when you guys get that opportunity. Like, man, I remember when I was first struggling to you know people are oh you don't you're not qualified and you don't have this and you don't have that. And I was telling Matt you know when I first we first started the podcast that I actually had a great job with the county. I was making over a hundred thousand dollars and. I had not. I didn't have my my bachelor's just yet, and like a day before the interview, she calls me up. Goes, hey, I didn't see your your um your hence your degree attached to this. You know, we're really excited. We we think you're a great fit. And I said, oh, I don't have it yet. I'm, I'm like maybe two classes away, like uh, two quarters away. So maybe like not even six months, like four months away. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, you have to have it in hand. We can't hire you unless you have it in hand. I'm like, oh. And so I I know what it's like to have yeah. those opportunities kind of slip through mm-hmm. because I didn't have have the qualifications. And now looking back, I'm like, thank you know I did the work you know, and I'm appreciative. And and I I, I kind of appreciate you guys kind of mm-hmm. saying that you guys had the same struggles because mm-hmm. I I I had those same struggles uh, not too long ago. So what
3: what do you? Yeah, ha- wow.
0: No, go ahead. Um, So I just want to ask you, uh, like, what mm -hmm. do you guys think, like, are your goals or your expectations? Like when you guys get into the actual, like full time, I always like to say full time um, safety, safety professional career. Like, what what do you guys think would would be your goals or your expectations?
1: Karen, you want to go first?
3: Sure. Uh, So as a safety professional, I, I would say that, uh, one of my goals would be to, um, be able to yeah. make difference, right. Make a difference, really, um, be active, proactive, you know, um, because I only have the oil and gas experience uh, and background, I can only, you know, kind of talk about that. But, uh, you know, I've heard that there's a lot of safety professionals that, uh, you know, uh may be stuck in the office more than be proactively out in the field, for example. And so, um, you know, one of my goals as a a full-time health and safety professional is to be seen, to be known, to be out there, uh, because I feel like that is the best way to learn, especially being so new, um, is for me to be out there, to be exposed. And uh, I would say that one of my expectations for a, as a safety professional is to, um, uh, is to be respected. Uh, um, I know that that's easy to say, like employee being in a corporate world, let's say, but, uh, the reality is, um, you know, just being honest, a uh-huh. lot of people don't respect safety professionals. Um, And they they treat it as a joke almost like, you know, straight paperwork, no real effort or work that really goes into it. And so my expectation is to be respected, (laughs) but, um, but, you know, uh, I know that that comes with what I will also do, but yeah, that's it. How about you, Beth? Uh,
1: My goal is to work somewhere dealing with forestry. That is my biggest goal. I would love to be a safety professional for uh, the forestry department, for maybe Bureau of Land Management, yeah, something BLM's like that. Good, yeah. Dealing with the land and educating people on the how it's important to be uh, safe in your own right, but also safe for the for the environment.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you're you're in, a, you're in the perfect state for that for sure.
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, oh, I wouldn't mind working with emergency management, that kind of stuff, safety stuff wise. Um, and what, basically what Karen, the expectation is to be respected doesn't mean it's always going to happen. And I understand that I have to create a relationship with the, the people that I work with. So, um, mm-hmm. just being able to create a relationship, I think is my biggest expectation
0: well that's good um you know matt and i we we push this really heavily is the leadership portion of of the safety aspect because you're right a lot of people i mean i'll be honest with you i've i've come behind a lot of safety cops and they that's the first thing they always ask me oh, are you a safety cop and i'm like well i mean what is what does a safety cop mean and I, I tell them i'm not i'm a safety leader i look and i try to lead my employees and i try to show them hey you know what i'm here for you and and that's and that's how and you know that's i know matt matt has the same same mindset is that's how we get our employees to respect us. Cause if they're not going to respect us, they're not going to follow what we say. And then ultimately
2: I guess we're not really doing our job, huh? Cause then they're going to be unsafe. Right, Matt? Yep. I was going to say, uh, go along kind of with what Karen was saying. Honestly, your idea of how you're going to act and getting out there and kind of being boots on the ground, talking to the employees and building those relationships. That's really what in the long run is going to get you the respect. Kind of like Joe was saying, what, when you find the problem is, is the people that sit in the offices and then demand respect, but they never earned it. Yeah. They're like, who are and you? Field. And then that's what gives some of those safety professionals a bad name because of, of things like that. Mm. But I think your, your idea, your thought process of going out there and building those relationships mm. first is that is the ultimate way to to build a culture and, and get that respect. So,
0: yeah, you're definitely headed in the right direction. That's, and that's, that's part, that's the first part, right? Is knowing which way to go and and just building those skills and, and what the best part is, is I think that it doesn't okay. have to be something that you build within, it has to be, you can build it anywhere, you know, you can build it in in the, in the work that you do and the students mm-hmm. that you work with and stuff like that. You can always build leadership skills and, and that respect, you know, mm. before you guys even head out.
3: So what do you think? That's great. Yeah. I think I said students. So what what is the most Uh, impactful (laughs) or
0: important thing that you think you've learned, you know, through your education so far? Uh, We'll start with you,
1: Catherine. Uh, Let's go how the system can fail you. Okay. Okay. That's great.
2: That's a good topic. Uh,
1: Right now, with the way the school is trying to transfer over to all online learning. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure um, that's hard. Some classes some classes we've lost a class um my my year of graduation has lost the ability to take a certain class um because of this whole COVID thing and it's actually one of the classes i really really wanted to take which was industrial hygiene
0: oh yeah it's a great class
1: Um, yeah and unfortunately um my class is going to lose out on it. I mean, they're allowing us to go and sit in it after we've graduated and all that stuff for free and learn it then. But it's just kind of a frustration of you go in, you think you're going to get stuff done. And instead of doing what they say, Oh, we'll try as hard as we can to make all of this happen for you. As soon as a roadblock happens, they're just like, no, we're done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's a huge issue that I've had with uh, the schooling, but I've loved all the hands-on learning that we've had um, up until now. <laughs>
2: hands-on learning? What do you mean? So what kind of hands-on learning did they have you guys do?
1: Um, so we were part of a, it's the intro to occupational safety and health. Um, then you have the next semester, you have the secondary one. Um, and-
3: Hey, Beth, maybe can you just your microphone?
1: Can you hear me better this way? Yes. Yeah okay sorry <laughs> no it's fine um the occupational safety and health class we had to go we got to go on um uh what they're called field trip sorry field it's been trip? a while since i've been <laughs> school. A field trip?
0: yeah field trip did you guys go on a bus a field trip <laughs> that's fine
1: no we all met up.
0: <laughs> oh man oh, i like the bus like when you're in like I elementary know. school
1: i know i'm jealous <laughs> Uh, But we got to go and we got to experience the wonderful company and how they deal with their citrus. We got a whole um, rundown of the factory. We also got to go through their lockout tagout program. Okay, nice. So that was really fun. And then we also had another one lined up for the next semester to go on to an actual construction um, site, but COVID happened. (laughs) So we got locked out.
0: You got locked out and tagged out. No? Yes. Oh, okay. I, thought, I was hoping somebody would laugh at that joke. You don't have to laugh at him. <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> you don't have to laugh at my, at my bad jokes. Uh what about you, Karen? What do you uh what do you think? Uh
3: okay. So um I think that's a great that's a great point though, Beth. I just wanna um I just wanna say that because uh the reality is students right now we're we're struggling, uh a safety student right now, but that is not to uh Take away from the great program that CSUB offers for the student who is seeking to study uh, or develop their knowledge in environmental health and safety. Um, it is not just safety; uh, the environment is 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 a very big part of this uh, of this program. Um, You know, our biggest uh, struggle right now as students is to highlight that the ERM program, the Environmental Resource Management Program, is not just OSHA classes and, uh, you know, safety based it's there's concentrations but it embarks so much more um and so you know we have Beth coming into forest from the forestry background you know that um that this program is going to help develop her knowledge even more and uh, she can land a job there it doesn't just have to take you straight to a safety position so the ERM program at CSUB um has a great uh, director uh, Dr Hedge uh, he's in charge of the uh, erm program and he's also our advisor for the uh, student section that we have at csub currently we have a erm club environmental resource management club uh we just changed the name this year uh because we want to embark all the students in not just health and safety right but all the students that can be a part of this field so um you know uh, beth and i are the e Yeah. The
0: E and the EHS is is very, a lot bigger now. I mean, I think Matt and I would both agree that it used to be just health and safety and and now they're attacking a lot of more of the E on there. And that's, that's what my, my master's was in, was getting that, that environmental side and being able to understand it a lot better than I did before.
3: Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe you guys can touch on how it goes hand in hand. You know. you know safety goes hand in hand with the environment we're, we're constantly working together and so it, it is a really big part of it so my favorite part of the program like beth said right now has been um being a part of my my core classes right uh, of the program like the industrial hygiene class like beth mentioned unfortunately this year um was canceled and so as it is, we, we we have our ups and downs, you know. And so, uh, yeah, we're not getting it this year. Hopefully, we'll get it next year. Um, it is an important class. We're all sad about it, you know. Uh, there is classes. A lot of the year program has labs, right, where you're hands on, where we get to go on sites, and uh, like Beth said, we're 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 more proactive. We're more hands on. So um, the program still offers. They're they're still working to offering. Um, whatever we can, right? Everything is virtual right now. But like this is this podcast, for example, you know, is, is one of those things that, you know, they're still trying to offer so that we can, we can keep on building the program, right? And not just losing them like flies because sometimes it gets rough. And right now being virtual, it has been rough, but um, program is still great. There's still many resources and opportunities and any student, honestly, uh, you know, needing any type of direction, um, and, and wanting to learn more, we invite them to be a part of the ERM club at the university, and uh, and yeah, we just we want to be resources as well.
0: So, yeah, um, I mean, that's yeah. that's definitely Matt and my MO is that we're trying to, we, we've taken so much from the field, I wouldn't say take, but we've been given so much from from this industry. And, and this is like our way of giving back. And that's what we try to promote with everybody else. And I know a lot of people listening to us, they have their CSPs and bachelors and masters and doctorates and all this stuff. And I tell them, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of you. And it's great. But it's like, okay, but what are you, what are you doing with that? And I think that's the biggest thing that we should, you know, that's the ultimate goal in the end is not just to take, but to give back and and help each other, you know, with our peers, and then help the people that are still still moving up um, throughout the the different parts of the industry. So, um, yeah, I think that what you guys are doing is great. I think it's great that you guys get together and you guys have those advisors, you guys have those, you know, mentors, you know. And then, I, like I tell people, like I tell them all the people that I mentor, you know, they're like, "Man, Joe, I appreciate. It. What can I do for you?" And I said, "Don't give it back to me. Do it do it for somebody else. You know, pay it forward." you know i'll give you a, a really interesting story it, okay matt matt's giving me the eyes like, it's really quick i went to the store the other day my wife wanted the new carrie underwood cd and i was like dude who still buys cds <laughs> It was struggle looking i was like where is it where can i find the cd she goes target okay I go to target and you know i asked the lady she goes oh yeah you know here it is she was super quick got it for me and there was this poor guy he bought like some cell phone he's an older gentleman and He's just like, oh man, can you help me with the cell phone the, that he bought at that at that Target? And the lady goes, well, the guy's not here today. I can't help you. And he's like, I, I'm not getting I'm not getting phone calls anymore. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I mean, I'm not a a tech of any sort, but I I know how to use computers and cell phones. Let me help you out, sir. You know, it took me. I it was a Motorola. I haven't used I haven't touched a Motorola in I don't know ten years. And I looked at him like, oh, what's this little button do? It's a do not disturb. That's all he had. He has he had a do not disturb. It took me probably less than a minute to diagnose what was going on. And I, I think that's the difference is, you know, just taking that time and, and believe it or not, I actually had walked away. I had grabbed my CD and walked yeah. away, but something in my head said, you could easily help this guy. Why not help him? It took me less than a minute, went there, helped him out and he's "Oh, thank you so much. And he's like, I'm going to pay it forward. And I said, yeah, that's the mentality. It's when you get the help, be appreciative and then help mm. others that you see mm. are struggling or you could see you can help them in, in the, your area of expertise. Again, that's what me and Matt are doing. We're going, we're taking our, our shared experience and our and our differences and, and trying to help everybody across the globe and, and trying to help them provide a, a safer work environment, not just work environment, but also a safer home environment too. Cause I think a lot of the injuries do happen at home as well. And we want to push that narrative that safety doesn't start at work, it starts technically starts in the mind, but it starts at home too.
1: Uh majorly at home. Yeah. Right? <laughs> especially when you have kids.
0: Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, that's one of the things that I've, you know, and I'm working on and and changing and I hope that will be my, my thesis for my doctorate is, is trying to prove that people that work safe at home are going to be more safe at, at work, you know, and just being able to figure out how to quantify that and prove it, you know, theoretically, because in the end, if you can figure out within your hiring process, which people are safe at home, you know, they're going to be more safe at at work. And then also taking the opposite, taking your people that aren't safe at home, trying to make them safe at home. Because in reality, if you get hurt at home, you still can't go to work the next day, you know, and, and, and both parties, both parties will suffer either way. So, I mean, that's further down the road, but again, it's, it's about helping each other understand those, those concepts.
1: Hey, maybe you can uh, focus on uh, their workshops. If you have a messy workshop at home, you're going to be less likely to be safe at work
2: yeah true that (laughs) yeah that's probably highly likely um so i did have a question i don't know how far along in the educational journey you guys are but do you guys have any goals of obtaining anything after your uh your erm degree like are you going to try and go after any certs are you going to try to go directly into whatever field you want to go into like kind of what's your what's your longer term plan
1: all of them i'm going for all my certs what what kind of certs do you want (laughs) I want all of them. I want the CSP. I'll probably get the ASP first because it's kind of a buildup. And then I want my, my OHST. I want, I want my hazmat. Like I want all the certs.
0: There you go. (laughs) I'm one of
1: those people who constantly want to learn. So I'll always be learning somehow, some way. Hey, then you're a woman after my own heart. That's,
0: that's what I've got. I was so mad. I got certs for days.
3: (laughs) um yeah you know what um i'll just uh uh, elaborate a little bit on that as well um i would like to possibly study to um get to do the certified industrial hygienist program the cih so i can be cih certified um it's it's a longer term goal um i definitely want to go ahead and maybe get a a smaller certificate. Actually, it was one of my questions for you as a student. Uh, I'm kind of wondering, it would it be smart? Um, you asked about how far along we are. Beth's graduating Yay! this next semester. Congratulations. So she's just about done. Yeah. Very exciting. We're definitely <laughs> going to party it up. Um, I got until December of next year, 2021. That'll be my graduation date, uh, expected graduation date. Um, if all goes well and with God's blessing. But um, I think as a student right now, I've thought about studying for certifications, especially being turned down from um, an internship, right, that, uh, you know, had me going for three years. So it wasn't just, you know, so uh, now I feel like I, I have to prepare myself even more. So I've thought about uh, studying for oh, the you CHST, go. you know, one of the smaller ones, uh, just to build up, right. I I, I am a full-time student here in five classes, <laughs> uh, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to overwhelm myself, right? Like, <laughs> talk to me. Uh, w- w- I just want to know your thoughts. Like, maybe have you guys ever been there? You know, uh, felt worried and maybe overwhelmed yourself by studying even more, or what, what? Did it turn out to be a good idea for to take these certifications? You know, or 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 I kind of want to hear your advice as to. Of course, we know it's a good idea to get additional certifications after our bachelor's right. degree, right? But maybe you guys have some insight with your experience as to maybe there's yeah. a path, yeah, so a better path.
2: My insights, uh, come or, from, or maybe uh, there's as a, a direction. Manager, I've, I've hired a lot of safety people, so I know what I look for and what other other people in my position, other safety managers and directors that I, that I uh, talk to and deal with what they look for. Um, and I think you're completely right. So as soon as you come out of school or and you, you get that degree that that's strong, that really helps you. But I know we had an episode recently where I think Joe explained it really well, and he said you have the education, but the the cert kind of proves application. Yeah. And so having that cert, it shows that you mm-hmm. you can apply the knowledge and mm-hmm. that you understand what you learned in school and you retained it. And so it's kind of like a a little bit of like a, a proving proving ground um, that you're that you're getting when you go and get that cert. Mm-hmm. And I think the CHST or the OHST, depending on kind of what industry you're trying to go into. Is a great it's a great start. it's not a begin. i think you called it like a beginning degree no it's actually a pretty like sts a, uh, a yeah degree. the
0: sts is like the beginner yeah, it's that's actually like a, the first yeah. recognized like solid oh, okay. like you gotta experience i'll give you yeah. i'll give you my my history and my experience and then the the giant workload that i'm working on right now so when i first was going for my bachelor's i i realized that there's a lot of money and a lot of opportunity in the construction industry. And so yeah I did have experience and I did have a lot of knowledge but it's like okay you know I have the degree but how how uh, how can I apply that right that's I think that's what a lot of hiring managers I think that's where we fail as students is yeah I got the knowledge I have the the education and I have the base but it's when you get out to the real world and you have that applied knowledge and understanding the theories and how to put them in practices with the different cultures that's what that's where the the money and that's where the gold mm-hmm. is that's what I'm looking for is someone who could take the the information and learn how to apply it into the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. What I did when I was going through my bachelor's, a lot of the stuff that I was taking was reflective of the construction. And so I was able to like actually study. So I learned a lot of the, you know, the industrial hygiene stuff, the toxicology and a lot of the stuff that actually reflected in the CHST. So I actually got my CHST, I believe two months, if I remember right, two months before I graduated with my bachelor's. Um, and then okay. same thing with my, my ASP. Um, when I graduated last year, I got my ASP about a year ago. I want to say it was in August. I should know. You figure I would know the dates, but I, I got it. But, yeah, I, I got it in, like, August, <laughs> and then I actually graduated in November. So I did I did have that. You know, I'm currently still going. Mm. I'm going for my second master's, but now I'm trying <laughs> to face the CSP. I'm actually getting my insurance license. I'm also managing the podcast and and the Instagram and all the rest of that stuff. So I got a quite a heavy plate.
3: You can help it <laughs> so <out. laughs> I've, I've just told, kidding. I told my,
0: uh, my, uh, colleagues, like, you know, what, I'm going to take a little respite just cause I have an ASP, a GSP, a CHST, a master's. I got, I got a good, healthy, you know, I can prove that I know what I know and I can, I can apply it in different scenarios. Plus I forgot my consulting business. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a little respite of CSP just because the <laughs> workload's really high. So I always tell people it's, it's all based on what you can do. You know, if you're studying an hour a day, you know that's uh, it's all all you need. It's like about sixty hours of studying. So if you study an hour a day, that's thirty days in a week, you know, times two.
2: thirty days in a week. I, mean, I
0: have thirty days in a month. <laughs> thirty days in a month, Matt. Yes. thirty days in a month times two, two months. Within two months, typically, depending on your on your knowledge base and, and your education and experience, you should be able to get uh, the majority of these thirds. So I mean, I highly recommend you know when you get like an easy class, something that it's kind of like in a ballpark where you know. I mean that's a great time to to study. You know, I ironically I was saying during COVID, I, I don't have time to study. I don't have time to study. But now that I have a deadline on my on my insurance, I have to. I have to. I have to make time. I, it's 50 hours of studying. I have to do 52 hours of studying before I can even apply for the test. Guess what I found? I found time to find to study for this certification. So I think that's my education. Recently, something I learned late, recently is that you have the time. It's just you have to make the time. If you have to wake up uh, up an hour early, you know, they say the first two, three hours of your day are the most effective. So, you know, wake up an hour early every day. Spend that time. But if you have a a workload that's really too heavy for you and you're managing family, you're managing school and work and all this other stuff, it can be overloading. But at the end of the day, it's just how much you want it. If you put yourself, you know, Microsoft Planner or To-Do and you give yourself, hey, reminder every day. "Hey, Hey, study. Hey, study. Hey, study. Eventually you'll get it. And I think that, again, like Matt said, that will prove to you not just that you have the knowledge, you have the theoretical knowledge, but you have the actual application. And and as far as your CHST versus your OHST, at least in my experience, having that CHST is going to do a lot more because it opens up that that construction mm-hmm. side where a lot of people are like, well, you have to have at least a CHST. OHST is important too. I think they're mm-hmm. both valid. One's general industry, ones, one's construction. But I've seen a lot of people mm-hmm. need that construction mm-hmm. side well, a lot more rounded off and that gives them a lot more opportunity than just the OHST. Oh yeah, my, my pleasure. Like I said, I've, I was lucky yes. enough to at least get those things and and study while I was while I was on the job site and be able to take those things. And I worked on construction sites, so I got to use that apl- uh, ac- applicable knowledge while I was actually in the field. So it was kind of nice.
3: Very cool. Very
0: cool. So what do you guys, uh, here's the biggest, biggest one, because obviously this is called the culture of safety. And so we kind of want to ask you about what you guys (laughs) think safety culture is to you guys. Like, how do you guys see safety culture? We'll start off with Karen.
3: Thank you. Uh, So uh, safety culture. Uh, I mentioned I worked for ERA. being so new and 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 being a part of an amazing company, I got to really experience and live out a safety culture in a very uh, in a very neat way. Uh, to me, the safety culture uh, goes beyond the coworkers, right? Uh, it goes beyond work. It's even after work, right? Uh, safety culture for me is. Uh, not looking out at your co-worker as your co-worker, but looking them out as your brother, right? Um, you want to make sure that your brother is also going to get home alive and well, is also going to go home to his family, just like you want to go home to your family. To me, a safety culture uh, means caring about that other person just as much as you care about yourself. Um so that is the safety culture to me. It's not just a mindset, it's not just a slogan. It's not just something you have to do because the safety professional's coming right it's 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 something that's gonna keep us alive and uh, is gonna keep us going. So that is what the safety culture is to me.
0: okay, perfect. I, I like that. That's great.
1: Yeah, how do I top explaining it like that?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you're up Please for the bet. challenge.
1: Always. Uh, so, adding on to what Karen said, <laughs> um, I <Okay>. think safety, <laughs> I think safety culture envelops everyone. It's the whole, the whole company has to be involved. It can't just be oh. the people on the floor, the people um, doing the work and then leadership sitting up in their rooms going, okay, well, we still need the bottom line. I think it needs to be incorporated throughout. The leadership needs to be involved and needs to be pushing for it, needs to really support it, not just say, okay, this is what we have to do, do it. They're there supporting, they're there helping, and it's clear communication from top to bottom. There's no um, backdoor. Uh, deals, nothing like that. You're communicating through and through. So in order to have a full safety culture, you need to have it from top to bottom, everyone caring about everyone and focused on getting everyone safe home with all the fingers and toes that they showed up with.
2: You must've been listening to our podcast. That's That's pretty much our episodes. Yeah, (laughs) We talk about how, like how to get buy-in from the leadership, how to get buy-in from management, how to make sure it's coming from the top down. Joe's favorite words are what, what do you always say about that? The head leads where the body goes or something? Yeah, the
0: body f- goes where the head goes, oh, yeah, I said it right? Backwards. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, was, I, oh, I, I love it because like I, I learned it in wrestling. You know, you put somebody in a headlock, you move their head, the body's going to follow wherever the head goes, wherever the head's looking. It, no matter what, go to my motorcycle class. Wherever the head's looking, the body's going to go. That's just, that's just the tendency that the head's in charge. And if you're right. If the leadership doesn't believe in safety and they don't, don't believe it, guess who's also not going to believe in it? Your people. And then you're, Mm -hmm. you're, and we can sit there and preach to the choir and how much incidents are going to go up and how it's going to cost and how your insurance is going to go up and how you're going to have loss of productivity and morale and all these bad things that happen that a lot of people just don't understand these things. Because let's be honest, they don't, you don't teach it in school. You know, when you go for like a project manager or anything like that, they don't sit there and tell you that safety is super important, right? That's not something Mm -hmm. until you learn later on. And so, again, that's why we that's why we exist is to to give that information out and help people understand that. Yeah. Least, I mean, of course, it's probably the most important thing. You know, you have to have the balance of quality. You have to have the balance of production and the balance of safety, because if you one of those things are out, out of balance, you're going to have a loss of loss of productivity, a loss of customers. You know, and that's what I'm learning in the business side is that's that's where you can easily find the chains is where a company was either unsafe, or they didn't have the culture, or they didn't have the quality, or they didn't have the production, and that's what ends up happening is they they lose over time, and then and then reality, what ends up happening then you have thirty forty people who are out of work and they're going to go somewhere else. So.
2: And then I think that's kind of one of the things behind our show is that maybe I'm wrong when I say this, but you guys probably wrong. aren't taking a bunch of classes on how to be a leader how to how to talk to employees, how to talk to management, how to build uh, certain things to show the culture. I think you're focusing a lot more on like the technical side. And that's only half the job. Yeah. The other half of the job Mm. is literally relationship building and uh, being able to talk and, and inflection and perception and all these other things. And that's why we wanted to make sure that we cover that kind of stuff because a lot of professionals. I'll be honest with it's you, a yeah, fail. you have to fail
0: to learn. Really, that's one of the things that field. I, I mean, I was lucky that I was in the environment where I got to learn those things. I mean, I had an ROTC, I had a fire academy, I had all these things in and going through and and being helped and mentored in that in direction. But yeah, a hundred percent. There's I've have, I've have never taken uh, a leadership class in any of my
2: in any of my oh wow okay and I've, at I've Cal never State, as part of the program. That's why I was curious if they have classes. Like that.
1: Uh, No, it's not part of Cal State. It's actually part of Bakersfield College's, um, ag programs. So the forestry, ag business, um, anything in the ag department, I believe, um, at BC, you have to take an ag leadership class and within it, um, they teach you how to communicate with people. They teach you how to break down your own weaknesses on how to communicate. Um, it was actually – it was one of my favorite classes.
3: I'm so sorry, Beth. I'm going to cut you off. Just maybe can you check your microphone one more time? Yeah, Thank you so much. I'm sorry. It's –
1: I guess – is it better? Yeah, you're good. That's better. That's
3: way better. <laughs> but,
1: okay. Sorry.
3: Well, no,
0: it's, it's an important skill. And like Matt and I, I – we that's why we call it the culture of safety. We we, we threw names all over it and we're like, well, yeah, what are we here for? We're here because we know that culture drives 99% of all, all types of safety – you know, and being able to drive the culture and, and doing that as the leader. That's one of the most important skills is, and again, I never, I mean, I've you know, I've had many classes. I've been on a lot of classes and I have taken leadership classes, but it wasn't a part of any type of curriculum. It was something yeah. that I did externally. And I, I wish, and that's one thing I've, I've recommended to my college is like, I think you guys, in order to, Make somebody go through, they have some kind of like a small class or an actual full, full semester or quarter class on leadership, because in, in reality, what's going to end up happening is you can have, you can have the best car, you can have the best ship or whatever. But if you don't have somebody that knows where to go and knows how to lead that boat, you're going to be lost lost at sea, you're going to be just tossed around with all the different currents, you know? And, and again, I think that's what you see with a lot of this COVID is we have poor leadership and, you know, they're, they didn't have any direction. They didn't have any type of, you know, knowledge of, Hey, this is going to affect the way that the ship is going to operate. And then you can see that now they're, they're, they're backtracking, trying to handle reactively all these incidents or managing, you know, cases and all this other stuff. And you can see all the companies that do well with it. And you can see the companies that, that flounder. So again, leadership. I I feel like leadership drives a lot, in just not just business, but in the safety, safety realm entirely. Max, Max, give me this Definitely. weird smirk.
1: No, that's,
2: <laughs> that's a really good analogy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it is. Really no, we people don't understand the difference between a boss and a leader. Yeah, yeah. Because you can be a good leader and be the boss, but you can also be a boss and be a terrible leader.
0: True that. I'm Matt. Matt's that second example. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Matt. So what, what do you guys think? Um, again, we'll start with, we'll start with uh, Karen. What do you think makes a, a culture good or bad? Like what, give me like some examples of what you think would, if you went into, you know, an environment and you, you looked around what people were doing and people are saying, what would be like a good example of like a good indicator, yeah, um, like a good indicator, a good example of, of a good, Positive culture and maybe something that's like a good negative culture. Oh, maybe a a good (laughs) good negative, negative, a good (laughs) negative culture. (laughs) A good, good example of a negative culture. Uh,
3: Okay, sure. Um, I think an example of um, a positive culture would be if I walked into a site and I and I was able to
0: see Matt and I on the job site. All right, I like your answer.
3: Uh, if I was able to see good leaders, if I could identify the leaders, right? Uh, because you can see people. But uh, if I was able to identify, if I were to look at a group and I'm looking at a site and I'm looking how they're working and I can identify the person in charge, I can see them being proactive and not just taking a 10 or I, I see how the, you know, I, I can see everybody being proactive. Um, I can see, uh, you know, shirts tucked in. I mean, I don't know, you know, I... I Little things like that, I, I start out very small when, uh, when it comes to, uh, judging right off the, you know, right off the bat, I look at the little things right away, um, but but yeah we look at that i would say that that would be an example of a positive one if i was able to identify the leaders and um and i was able to see that you know uh working to, they're working together teamwork you know like let's just say for example so that i don't mention other things and get sidetracked and if i were to mention a negative uh example it would be maybe seeing you know workers just kind of sitting around um Maybe if I saw trash on the ground, you know, out of sight. Maybe if I, you know, uh, uh, maybe if there was, you know, uh, um, like one person working diligently and and then the other four kind of just, you know, around. I would say that that's an example of a negative, you know.
0: I think she's talking uh, about Caltrans. <laughs>
3: Oh, God. City workers. Not mentioning no
0: names. (laughs) Caltrans is going to come sue us now, Greg. Thanks, Matt. Whoops. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, What about you, Catherine? What do you think are some good and maybe some bad examples that either you may have seen or, or what you think you could see on a job site that's either a good example or a bad example?
1: Um, I would say along the lines of communication if let's say an event happens and you know they communicate to their overlords exactly what happened <laughs> that it was an accident and and they told them and then all of a sudden they're off the job that would be a very negative yeah. thing oh, because yeah. the point is yeah. to be vocal about when things go wrong mm-hmm. so that we could fix it if it happens so that we can find ways to avoid it later Maybe we can engineer something to make it so that the hazard's gone. Um, but if you ignore someone, you hear it. They come and they tell you, and they then they kick you off your job site. Then how are you? How are you pushing that safety culture if people are going to become fearful of reporting stuff to you?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So that's a negative. Again, yeah, I think Catherine's listening to our uh, podcast. Yeah. She yeah, just I went
1: hierarchy
2: of controls, which is a couple of episodes ago. I'm starting to think that she's been listening for a while. <laughs>
1: No, um I just found out know. about it. I have what do you another
0: mean, no? <laughs> that was yes. Another
1: Joe. Osh. There's another Osh um Go there's ahead, another sorry. Osh podcast that I've heard. From.
3: She met, yeah, she meant a little bit of yeah, you know, a little oh, bit she's, <laughs> <skipping>. <laughs> she's expanded her. I actually I did listen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh did listen to your education follow up, the education versus um oh, experience yeah, follow up. I'm halfway yeah, I'm halfway through that. and i it's it's very true. It's very fascinating. I know for a fact that I have to go refresh up on some of my forestry stuff because I've been pushing so hard on my uh, occupational safety and health stuff. So you do kind of forget that stuff and you can't always retain it. So, i get where that podcast was going but le- no i haven't i do plan on listening to your other podcasts though <laughs> trust me
0: <laughs> well now that you're on it i mean i'm just saying you can tell all your friends <laughs> hey i'm on a podcast chicken. it oh, out. yeah no
1: you don't this this podcast will be um featured in the erm newsletter once i get it done awesome. <laughs>
3: We're going to be able to post that on the site. And and, and along those lines, um, we can also, if, if you guys are open to the ideas, possibly have you invite you to be our guest speakers in one of our monthly meetings. Um, if that's something that uh, you guys are open to doing, um, you know, we can work on picking a topic, um, you know, anything that you feel it can be relevant for us students today. And, uh, we'd love to invite you guys over to speak and, uh, just, you know, gain, gain some more insight on the culture of safety on the podcast and, uh, you know, just keep, keep helping the students out. We would we, we love that. What do you guys think yeah. about that?
0: Yeah, sure. Matt, Matt and I are all about giving back and, and helping other people not just grow, but get better and be more successful in life. So, you know, our we, what we've learned in, in our experience is that, yes, me and Matt are both great leaders and, and yes, we can affect change. And all right, if I say so to myself, uh, you know, we can we can impact the employee, but in reality, it's, it's building more leaders. Building the leaders is where the money's going to be because in reality, if, if I can affect a hundred people, that's great. But if I can affect a hundred leaders, Which affect a hundred people. I mean, I'm just, you know, incrementally making a a bigger impact. And I think that's, that's more important down the road is, is getting the new, the new generation and getting the people that are going to be going out and helping them, you know, dodge the pitfalls and all the mistakes and accidents that we've, we've had to learn the hard way. Yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely open to that. So I think that'd be awesome to, (laughs) Oh, give back and kind of share whatever yay. you guys want us to talk about <laughs> and stay tuned because i think both of you guys mentioned cih and we're working on getting a guy uh, a cih in here to explain um kind of the process he went through to recently get his certificate yeah and how he and how he ha- uh, made that journey from safety to cih so sounds cool. like both you guys will need to listen to
0: yeah, that. yeah that's that's something that i'll probably get after my csp i'm going to go go after my CAH because it's supposedly really challenging. And I'm like, mm. everybody said that about the CSP and it's not that hard, but I guess with everything, you know, it's not the, that hard. with the more experience that you have, the education yeah. that you get, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you, it's like a, it's like a stairs, right? You start at the bottom, you know, you, you take little steps, little steps, little steps, and eventually you're on the top of a mountain. And then, you know, it doesn't look like it was that hard. Hmm. I'll still be tired and out of breath. Yeah, I mean, you're still tired. That's fine.
3: (laughs) No, but thank you. Encouraging, encouraging, you know.
0: Well, I think Matt and I would both like to, you know, thank you ladies for coming in and spending your time and giving us, you know, more aspects and being able to influence a lot of the, the students that are going to be listening, not just today, tomorrow, but in the future, people are going to listen to the, the podcast and they'll listen to, to both of you and be inspired on, on being able to make their difference in the world and, you know, change the world for, make it a better place. So I, again, I, Matt and I both like really want to appreciate you guys taking your time to come out and help us out with this, with this podcast.
1: We really appreciate you guys inviting us to this podcast, so
3: that's right, thank you We want to thank
1: you as well. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you guys. both so
3: much. Joe and Matt, thank you very much for inviting us and uh, and we're here to, to assist however we can as well. so we'll definitely be in contact.
2: Awesome. We appreciate
0: it. Awesome. And, and if any of our listeners want to you know comment or ask them any more questions, they can always read it just at the culture of safety at gmail.com. You know, I'll be honest with you. I haven't put a whole lot of posts lately out on our Instagram. I'm, I'm working on changing the content and, and building a schedule for that and changing that to make it a little bit more interactive and a little bit more knowledgeable and, and more informative and more entertaining. It's not just beams and memes and be like videos and cool stuff and, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put that into together. Um, again, you guys can always reach us on Reddit. Me and Matt are on Re- or Matt and I are on, on Reddit quite a bit, stuff like that. And um, Yelp, we're on Yelp. We're not on Yelp. Um, and it's the popular safety guys on Instagram. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, t- uh, TikTok. Wait, is TikTok still no, a thing? Not on
2: any of those. <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, and uh, what was that one? I don't know. That's it.
3: <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate Thank you coming.
3: Thank you, guys. Have a good one.